All right, hello everyone. Welcome to another podcast and I have another special guest with me. Today we have Justine Jarvis who is technically my Pilates coach now. Um, <laughs> so she's been doing our Pilates on our BA Fitness Academy page. Uh, highly thought of around this area. She works with football clubs uh, like Fylde and Lancaster City, my old, uh, my old club. Um, yeah. So... Justine, how are you doing? Hello, I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, yourself? Good, I'm, I'm fantastic. I love, um, I love just chatting fitness, nutrition, anything, anything in this sort of bracket, I can talk for absolutely hours. Oh my God, me too. And it's finding someone that actually is also interested that you're not just boring when you talk to them about it as well. It's really nice. Yeah, Lauren, Lauren can only take so much talk. Uh, about fitness and nutrition even though she loves it but when you have to get into a bit more detail she just yeah yeah and also it's finding people that have got the same kind of opinions as yourself and um and that's that's quite nice to find but also someone that's in a different industry slight well not sorry same industry but different kind of area is always nice isn't it to talk to someone that focuses on something else and yeah yeah, learn from them a bit yeah, it's um, like if you, as a as a coach should be, you should be always open minded into learning, even if even if it's one thing. So obviously, if I did your six week program and I learned one thing, that is worth it. Because then yeah. I go and t- tell that one that coach that one thing to or apply it to my other clients in the gym, online, whatever. It's um, it's just fine tuning. Obviously, after you know a certain amount, especially with nutrition, it's like banging yeah. against the wall because it, it, everyone knows what they need to do to lose to lose fat, but it's just not um, not appealing for some people. No, yeah, you've got it's um, where how we work is trying to basically constantly remind people that it's the least sexy option is usually the thing that works. You know, it's like consistently being in a calorie deficit or consistently doing this set of exercises um, and consistently overloading your muscles is going to be the thing that works, not just um, taking this magic pill or, you know, drinking this special tea or doing this kind of stuff. And it's a hard task for us, I think, to be fighting against that system all the time. But like you said, constantly, constantly learning and adapting as a, as an instructor, um, I'm very interested in nutrition, very, very interested. And that started when I was doing my A-levels. I took nutrition as an A-level and I was obsessed, absolutely obsessed. I could pretty much recite all of the stuff word for word. I got like literally 100% in my A-level nutrition exam because I was, I just did, I just knew it all. But then that was nothing. That was A-level level nutrition. And it was based on the government guidelines at the time, which was like, don't eat fat and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then you end up with this, this kind of system of people that have learned from one area, people that have learned from a different area, everyone's opinions clashing in that kind of little bit of knowledge is a very dangerous thing isn't it so like you said you're constantly aren't you learning and, and improving yeah I was, I was about to ask what sort of detail does it go into a level because for a pt course it is well 
like all of, yeah like all pt like the pt qualification is absolute shambolic really yeah it's so it is so rubbish and basic like when people actually qualify they don't have a clue no. about, about more or less anything like i i sort of i was quite i was 23 when i passed as a pt but mm-hmm. um so i had a few years of obviously training and looking up things so training wise i was all right i could sort of coach people but nutrition i had absolutely no information at all yeah. but the thing is it doesn't need to be that hard you can i could comfortably say to someone if you want to learn about nutrition follow this person on instagram this person on instagram this person on instagram and you'll be fine yeah you can you can trust what they say and be like they they keep up to date with because their their job is obviously to coach people in nutrition they keep up to date yeah. with all the new science everything you could just be like mm-hmm. right just listen to them keep looking at the stories keep looking at the facebook and you'll learn a lot like you don't oh, need, yeah. don't need to do anything but obviously then you have so you have three good ones 300 bad ones on instagram so you yeah careful who you actually and you need to, yeah totally you need to know as like for you when you're looking deciphering through for yourself so that then you can tell someone else you know like oh um when people are put, I mean, you'll know yourself, you'll see it yourself. People putting exercises online, people putting nutrition stuff online, and you're reading it and you're like, this is wrong. This is actually not correct. And they're just putting it out there and people are believing it. And it's awful. But when you, so say, for example, like, like your question, nutrition at A level, um, it was, it was, I guess, a little bit similar to I guess it's like a level three isn't it so you've got like GPC level level two a level is level three so it was very similar to what you would do at um PT level except I did it for two years for the ASNA too so there was kind of a, a little bit more detail in certain areas but um like you said level three I think I've seen it advertised a lot I'm, I'm guessing that on your Facebook too it will be loads of just different coach because it's just the adverts isn't it that pop up on facebook with what you do or what you're interested in and i just get all these adverts all the time trained to be a pt from home in three weeks or and i'm like oh my days these are people that may have had zero life experience there's a totally different there's two different areas where you know there's people that have got shit loads of life experience in it that don't need a qualification but kind of want the qualification but there's literally people that just look quite good and go oh i could be a pt that sounds like a fun job do an online course and then just kind of like go out there self-employed as well not learning anything else from anyone else they're literally just going out there and potentially destroying people's bodies or mental health you know and um yeah it's a it's a dangerous thing i, I think that's why i tend to stay clear a little bit of nutrition because I have been um, affected by that damaging level of nutrition um, knowledge by a PT in the past. So I was um, given very poor advice um, by my first, my first experience with PT and um, it didn't end particularly well for myself. So um, I certainly, yeah, I, my first experience of a of a diet was literally chicken and broccoli. Mm. 
Mm. I, I remember having, um, what was it? A chicken and mushroom soup for breakfast. Wow. And then it was chicken and broccoli and sort of, sort of rice and stuff. Very, very boring. Mm. Um, yeah. Fair enough, I couldn't, I was in Australia and I wasn't very, like, a good cook. I, I, to be fair, I don't really cook much better now, but I literally, if I'm, if I'm going to have lunch, I'd have a, um, a fajita and that's it. It's perfect. It's got everything that I need. I love it. It's easy. Um, I just literally make wraps all the time, but that's my choice. And I know exactly, I've educated myself enough to go, okay, well, I need this sort of protein. Um, but apart from that, I can eat whatever I want. Yeah. Obviously, the protein... That's due to me. If it, if it's for fat loss, I wouldn't even really. I wouldn't care about how much protein I had. I just care about make sure there's there is some in there. But yeah. if I'm trying to, obviously I'm not training at the moment, like as in uh, in the gym, so I don't need to really think about my protein too much. But um, if I was, then obviously protein comes into it. But um, yeah, my and I was in shakes as well. Not not protein shakes, just like smoothie shakes, and I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely hate them. And I like I, fair enough if if like it's with all diets, keto fine. Um, I wouldn't say juicing's fine. That's like fair smoothies. Smoothies fine. Like if you're gonna have a smoothie, fine. If you're gonna do intermittent fasting, fine. As soon as people start saying that this is the best thing for fat loss or start to um, enhance its reputation through false claims, that's when it becomes a problem. So I I give people this blanket of knowledge. I tell them about energy balance. I tell them about protein. Um, Yeah, you can put information out there. Yeah, copies, uh, whatever they sort of like. And then you go, okay, now what do you want to do with that information? Do you yeah. Want, do you want to do um, Joe Witt's 90-day plan? That's fine. If you want to do uh, high-protein, low-fat, whatever, that's completely fine. But I'll tell people about the benefits of protein. And mm. uh, obviously, if you have a bit more, it's going to thermic effect and so on, so on, so on. Uh, but as soon as people start saying, and usually it's for profit, that people start yeah, yeah yeah and i i have i don't know why i get into run-ins with keto people <laughs> but for some reason I, I like the debate because it sort of it backs my knowledge up because you've got all these people saying oh that's mm-hmm. the best the fluid the, they are pushing all these claims out saying it helps metabolism uh, yeah it's which technically it probably will if you're eating a higher protein diet. If you're doing it properly. Yeah. And uh, like ketogenic diets, people don't realize that ketones will come about if you lower your calories low enough. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's protein or carbs. Like if you get into a a low enough deficit, you will start with these ketones and stuff like that. And ketones are... It's so hard to come by. I had someone saying, um, so I was asking the questions. I was saying, okay, 
and they, they couldn't give me any signs back. And then they, they, they literally said that, oh, well, I was diabetic and it really helped me. And I went, um, ketones for diabetic is deadly. <laughs> it's like... But they probably maybe just lost a bit of weight. And if they had type 2 diabetes, that probably just helped. They were probably, this is the thing is when people go, oh, I'm on a juice detox or I'm on this or I'm on that. They're not, they're, they've just stopped eating as much for a little bit of time. And if I said, oh, there's this, oh my God, there's this amazing diet out there. You know, look at me, I'm 18% I'm body fat. So it obviously works. And um, you have three Mars bars a day and the weight drops off you. And people will be like, oh my God, yeah, brilliant. People be like, yeah, that's a few, just a few vitamin tablets as well and you'll be fine. It's only because you'd be, even though it would be obviously an extremely dangerous rubbish diet to be on, you'd be in a calorie deficit because it's still your only equal, what, 600, 700 calories a day. You still lose weight. It's just the same when people are on juicing detoxes or, or intermittent fasting. It's, it, you know, you're just, or, or paleo was one, you know, it was all the kind of, um, it was all the rage was paleo, wasn't it? And, and there for a while. And essentially these all kind of work because you end up cutting something out. And because you're cutting something out, you will probably lose either water weight, like in a juice detox, you know, or, or literally just physical weight because you've got no food in your, in your stomach anymore. And you've just literally got nothing in there so it weighs less. Um, but yeah, I mean, oh God, I mean, it's a very difficult field because everyone is so passionate. I think that's what's so difficult, isn't it? People are so passionate about their way that is the right way. It's like, you know what? Everyone's body's totally different. Everyone's lifestyle's different. You find what works for you. You find the advice that sits well with you, that someone you trust has either given you or has advised or recommended. Like you said, when you can give people like a few different people's um, Instagram accounts or whatever and go, they're full of good knowledge. Like I would happily recommend um, yourself for, to people that didn't, that wanted more. You know, personally for my job, I focus away from that because I know there's so many decent people out there that can do that. I will help clients nutrition wise, but um, in terms of being it, I, I am happy to point people in the direction of you, in the direction of Dan from uh, That Nutritionist and saying, you know, they're putting good information out there. I trust what they say. They're not just going down the line of one. I think that's when you know when it's a little bit biased, when it's like, one direction of information yeah i don't i don't know i've i've been like racking my brain for years there, there should be a name for for this so i always use ryan Giggs as a um an example mm -hmm. ryan Giggs played till whatever 40 i think in the premier league mm -hmm. and everyone says everyone puts it down to they always say well he did yoga yes and people say oh if you want to play till 40 you should do yoga and yep. you've got to take um, lifestyle choices. So it's what foods are you eating? How much is he training per week? Is he resting when he should do? There's like thousands of things that could, which is going to help him obviously play till he's 40. But everyone goes, mm. oh, it's yoga. It's like that. Because he did that one thing, everyone contributes his success to that. And it's like that with nutrition because yeah. they've gone, I've gone keto 
But there's loads of stuff happening which is actually causing that. But because they've used keto, they think it's just that that's done it. Yeah. That's that's when that um, sort of it's a placebo effect, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a placebo. They think it's the keto, but it's probably the fact that they've not been eating all the sweets that they normally eat or chocolate um, or whatever. You know, that's probably what's done it. Not not the fact that it was actually the body was in keto. You know, like yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. The and one of the biggest pulls about keto is obviously that first week measurement or that mm. first week of weight loss because, but. They're never going to tell them about carbohydrates. They just go, carbohydrates are bad. Yeah. They never tell them about like what they actually do in the body. And they actually can be very good for recovery. They can be very good. Well, they are your main energy source. You're going to feel a bit better having them in your body. Um, mm-hmm. But just the water weight that comes with it. And then, no, exactly. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, and then that, that's what draws them in. And then obviously, if you keep at it for long enough, which some people do, some people don't, like all diets, remember, all diets, they're hard. Like restricting yeah. your calories is tough work. You just yeah. want to make it sort of as painless as possible for yourself and just, yeah, just keep moving forward, consistency. And then if you have a bad day, don't worry about it. It's not, it's not the end of the world. Um, yeah, this is where exercise comes into it, isn't it? That I think yeah. that when people come to me, for example, I'm like, I fully believe that with what I teach, I am not advocating Pilates. It's just the thing to do. I'm not saying how I eat is just the way to eat. I'm not saying any of uh, any of that. I I do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I I run. I do weight training. I do Pilates as well. I believe that Pilates or exercise in general makes you feel mentally a lot stronger. You're physically stronger. I think you generally want to nourish and fuel your body properly when you're into exercise and you found that exercise that you enjoy. Because I think that's massively important as well to properly enjoy what you're doing. Um, And when you see the benefits, that will go hand in hand with your eating but your eating has to be there you cannot you know i always say you know your body will be stronger you'll have better posture you'll be less likely to pick up injuries you'll have more power um but they're the main things that i work on personally in my job i'm not i'm my job um although it technically can be i'm technically qualified to do it but is not to try and make people lose weight that's not that that is what you're much better at doing that. That's what you're interested in, obviously, and you're really interested in nutrition. So I always kind of say exercise for me, for what I want to teach is quite like, it will just encourage you to make the right eating choices, but I am not going to promise that what I do is going to make you lose weight because it's not it's all your nutrition. No one, no one should, because there's no, no. there is no certain amount of exercise that you do to encourage no um, fat like it so your total for anyone who doesn't know you're probably on average your total daily energy expenditure only five percent of that is through exercise yeah so uh-huh. you could say um so when you watch as you've done a thousand calories for a workout <laughs> that that means your total daily daily energy expenditure say you work out once every two days so that's 500 calories that means your um 
So two days. Oh god, the maths. God, a lot. It's getting up into the five thousands, I think, somewhere yeah. of total daily energy expenditure. And you know that's not correct. It's not right. Like I would just if you if you're using watches, use it for your steps. Like you can more or less guarantee that if you if one day you move three thousand steps and another day you do seven thousand steps, that's good. Like you've moved more. Like don't mm-hmm. don't put an exact number on it. Just be around a certain number, and you'll probably be right. Like everything's a guess game, really. Like even calories, calories yeah, are not calories. Easy. Yeah, you know you can have a, a hundred calories in chocolate and a hundred calories in oh god, I don't know, like a, a protein source, for example. And you know, without being too boring about it, obviously, but you're gonna. You, the how your body processes and uses and stores and keeps all those different calories are different within a certain amount, obviously. But you know, we so nothing is right. How our bodies will process, how I would take on two thousand calories and what I would use it for, and what those two thousand calories consisted of, is completely different to maybe what you would eat or how your body would deal with it. And it's like when they say. Um, when they work out, like when people like, I think sometimes it's actually quite interesting to be able to explain to someone what a calorie is. Like people don't know what a calorie is. And it's like, okay, so basically if you burn this food, if you burn it in a lab, it's the amount of energy it gives off. That's how you, that's what it's measured in, calories. And to kind of go like, this is what it is. So, um, and that's how your body, what your body is using, that energy, um, it's like people people take things as a very like oh there's mm. there's 300 calories in this sandwich or whatever and they're very specific about it measure it and, and it's very useful if you're trying to create a deficit I will say like you know you do you do need to have some sort of track um, but of course not every single ready-made sandwich or whatever is gonna be no. that perfect it's never gonna be it's just all a bit of a guess. Well, um, then, then your, your daily energy expenditure is never going to be the same either. Some days it's going to be 100 over, some days it's 100 under. And then it's going to be within 10%. You usually find that if it's, so say it says 300 calories and it's 300, it's actually 330. You don't know that. No. Yeah. The only way they do that is through a, um, through a lab before you actually yeah. um, consume the food. But they say it's, like, it's got to be 10%. I think yeah. Like but yeah, legally, um, yeah, it's got to be around it, hasn't it? Yeah. It can't be false. Well, then the next thing you have could be 30 um, calories mm-hmm. under. It, exactly. If you if you just keep going with the food and you sort of keep consistent with the things you can control, it'll even out eventually. And say if what 60 calories after a week? It's like yeah. if, if you have some over, some under, some over, some under, and then you have a couple over. 60 calories at the end of a week is absolutely nothing. It's just being consistent, isn't it? It's being consistent. And and I think that the media has a lot to answer for, actually, with this. It's taken a long time to get out of this carbohydrate thing. Um, It's taken a lot of people as scared of carbohydrates. And I was one of them, um, (laughs) pre-education. Like, well, actually, no, I was post-nutrition. So kind of when I was around 18 onwards, um, I totally cut out carbs. And when I say cut out carbs, I ate vegetables, but it was like salad vegetables. I wouldn't even eat carrots because, they, I mean, I was, I hadn't, for those people listening that don't know me, and I'm totally 
completely open with this because I think it would be false advertising for me to kind of never say how I've got into this industry. I had a full-blown eating disorder, um, anorexia and bulimia, diagnosed, and um, it was nasty. And um, when people say about cutting out carbohydrates, I used to feel my brain, and it sounds really, it's not a headache, it's a, someone that maybe is listening to this, who has been through this, might know the feeling. But I'm currently putting my hand on my head and pressing down on my head, and that feeling of like drawing through my head is how I used to feel it's it's literally the lack of glucose the lack of glycogen in your head because that's the only fuel source your brain uses um I have no memory function I slurred my speech you know I was nine percent body fat I was um too stone lighter than I am now um and I was very 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 ill and I, because I was so scared of carbohydrates and trying to control all of these things, and then you'd read something that say, well, actually, fats are really bad. And then you'd go, oh, shit, I've got to cut them out now. Oh, and, you know, it's a very dangerous thing to be telling people to cut out things. You know, we do, we do have a um, responsibility in this industry, I think. And uh, there's a lot of people that go against against their responsibilities to make money yeah and some people who don't who don't know stories like yours either they they don't mm-hmm. even, you don't even think about what the problems that it can cause when yeah. you have to be somewhat very quite vulnerable in order to buy a shake or a yeah. cream off someone because you they must have tried a lot of things to get there so yeah. you're you're getting them at their absolute worst, and you're giving them yeah. some crap that's definitely not going to work. Mm-hmm. And then if it does work, you probably guarantee that they're going to sell it because again, they've they've actually reduced the calories and um, some somehow without even being conscious of it, and they've actually lost weight when they didn't have to buy that cream, they didn't have to waste the money on that. Yeah. They've just done that, but. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a big problem. And it's something that, but there's there's a lot of people fighting it. But for some reason, I don't know. Lockdown has been a very bad time for this sort of stuff, and mm-hmm. Facebook marketing is making it very easy for people to, yeah. like, you do a fancy video, you do a fancy talk of an actor saying these words, and then all of a sudden they're like, yes, we can, we should we can sell that and they sell thousands and thousands i think so have you heard of uh v shred yes yes so <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've, I've been watching a video of them um it was basically all the all the people that i trust basically so i've seen them on uh, youtube that give out sound advice and everything basically saying that this guy is an absolute fraud and yeah. when they show you the videos you're like, wow, I think he is. And basically what they've done is they've got, because they've gone, they basically said some some scale, say if you're better looking, you're more likely to sell in terms of as a PT. So this guy has not got a PT qualification. He's basically a model. Yeah. He's a model who's tell, he's on a script basically. And he's saying you should do this, should do that. And they're selling thousands i think they're nearly a hundred million i think they've 
got and they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger even though everyone who is like who has a good rep in the fitness industry mm-hmm. tells them everyone it's absolute bull but because of the facebook marketing they can target the beginners yeah of anyone who's just literally just getting into fitness they they're on their facebook posts all the time yeah. and then there's thousands and thousands of different um different fat burners um yeah all these adverts popping up yeah loads and loads of supplements and that's where they make the money through mm. it's um yeah it was crazy to watch and someone who's so big like v shred just it's just flat out lies just to just to make money like they do not care yeah. what they've done and i don't know someday it'll catch up on them because someone's gonna like someone who gets in a high position is going to be like, right, this is misinformation. You need to shut your company down or change it. Hopefully that will be at some point, but I think it probably will. I think that there's, there's a few female, especially, um, um, I don't even remember a girl called it's years ago now, clean eating Alice, she was called. And she kind of, she had books out and she was on Instagram and all this kind of stuff. And there was a few people around that time that were very much into this clean eating and all of this kind of, um, they were very, very, very low body fat girls. Um, and all this kind of, the word clean is quite a dangerous word as well, isn't it? Or people kind of say, oh, I've been eating clean or labeling food as bad or anything like that. Um, and she's come out like a few years later and changed her, all of her information and totally held her hands up and gone, oh my God, what did I do? And I really respect her for that because she's gone, I I think I had an eating disorder and I was completely just advertising all of this. Loads of people trusted me. I released books. I encouraged all this really negative behavior. And she's called Alice Alice Living. Um, It's spelled with an E, like living, but with an E in uh, the I. And she's a little bit bigger now, but she's so strong and she just is like, all about fueling and empowering and, and there's a few now in this kind of I would call it like a movement I guess of especially female PTs going like okay so the industry is riddled with trainers with eating disorders like absolutely riddled with um people that are just starving themselves don't actually do what they say they're doing I think that's the thing isn't it is when people tell their clients this is how they eat and it's not, but it's because they want to, um, not, you know, obviously there's some people that will genuinely go, okay, I'll hold my hands up. I don't eat like this, but this is how you want to eat. If you want to gain loads of muscle or whatever. But what I'm talking about is like people that say, I eat like this, put on Instagram, like this is my meal, like a, a photo and all that kind of stuff. And it's just lies. It's just absolute lies. I really like that there's kind of been a movement against that now. Um, people kind of coming out and saying yeah you know what like that was really dangerous what I was doing and yeah. I'm not into that now yeah I think there'll be a few um, like people who have larger followings mm-hmm. like Joe Wicks I think all his things were built on a lie his whole business was built on yeah. calories don't matter do my work yeah. do my workouts eat my food calories don't matter and then all yeah. He's got millions of followers. Now he can say what he wants. He can go, oh, yeah, calories do matter now. You go, 
Okay, well, you're multi-multi-millionaire. You've got loads and loads of followers. It's like, yeah. And I, and I doubt that he does. Fair enough, he'll do the, the hit workouts, but I doubt that's the only thing he does. I would say. On hits, you know what? Hit isn't very good to be doing, like, as your only source of exercise. It's actually, especially for women, um, quite dangerous. You know, it can really make you quite poorly. Um, and it increasing your cortisol level in your body so much. If you're doing hit after hit after hit, um, that's actually not good at all for you, is it? Yeah, well, I had a, I, I did a video the other day and I had a few corny black um, followers messaging me. Um, I was basically saying, they were saying, oh, let them get on with it. The moving, mm -hmm. fine, the moving. But yeah. movement can be dangerous. <laughs> like, you, yes, it's good to move. It's good to get out. But you've got to make sure you're doing it properly. Oh, my God, yeah. You can't, like, if, if someone's got severe knee valgus and they're running, you see them outside and you're like, oh, no. Like, yeah, cringing. Yeah. More? Like, they've got such flat feet. The knees are caving in every time. Yeah. You're doing that thousands and thousands of reps when you're running as well. Like, mm. just go back, to, go back to foundation. So things like mobility. Yeah. What are, you, what are your glutes doing, for one? Mm -hmm. um, can you learn how to squat, body weight squat properly when you've mm -hmm. been feet dug into yeah. or getting those knees out? And just, like, yes, it's good to be... Like I was, I was, my argument was, as a PT, you have to look at all aspects of health. Mm -hmm. You can't just go, okay, they're a lot lighter, they're a lot healthier, but then their knees are going to be absolutely knackered by the time they're 50. Because yeah. when they get to 50, you can guarantee their obesity isn't going to be on the forefront of the mind. It's going to be, damn, my knees are absolutely killing me all the time. And that's mm -hmm. going to be the most important health problem that they have. Even though yeah. they're 21 now and they're, they're losing weight, yes, it's good to lose weight. It's going to be good for your joints, but movement's important because the movement that you do now and you do it properly, that's the stuff that's going to help you when you get older. You don't want to be struggling with your knees and your hips when, you, when you're 50, when you, your grandkids are running around. And um, think um, about the older you. Big guys in the gym, you know, big guys lifting weights that are too heavy for them. Um, you'll see that, well, you actually, you probably won't see this because you'll make sure people do it right. But when, if you imagine like a normal gym environment, you're walking through a gym and this guy's trying to do bicep curls. It's my, one of my prime examples of one of the most dangerous exercises when people do them. When they're trying to do a bicep curl, you know, you should have your elbow, as I, you know, obviously you'll, you'll know is, you, you know, you should be just moving. You're just moving. It's a bicep curl. But when people are trying to do heavier weights, they can't do it. So they're whacking into their lumbar spine, aren't they? And leaning right back, dumping all that weight down their back. And I cringe because I'm like, if you just went down the weight, you can perform this exercise properly, you're not really using your bicep here. And you think their backs, their backs, oh my God, their backs. And this is the kind of very high impact, oh, big heavy weights, powerful, big movements. This is when they're dangerous, when they're not performed properly, they're performed too quickly they're not learning like you said the basics first they're kind of going straight into these really big um movements that are damaging like you said long-term damaging yeah i i deadlifts a prime example because like 
fair enough. If, you, if you're getting to your one rep max and we do like your one, two, three rep max, sometimes you, you, your back might round a little bit. But as long as you're not doing that, like that's fine once in a like blue moon. Okay, so you, yeah. should, you shouldn't be hitting your max all the time. It should be every, I don't know, at least eight weeks. Like eight week gaps in between your one rep maxes at least. So once every eight weeks, if you do one bad rep, that's not a problem. But yeah. when you're doing all these, like if you're doing your light stuff, really like rounded back, shoulders aren't, mm-hmm. or shoulder blades aren't coming together, uh, your lats aren't engaged, and you keep doing that over a period of time, that's when you're going to have a problem. So it's not, it's not the one rep where you lift yeah. a heavy weight. Um, it's always the, the thousands and thousands of reps that you've done wrong which will cause an injury at some point. And it's going on to sort of Pilates and stuff yeah. like that. That's the, like when you're lifting weights and you're getting stronger, you, you are getting tighter. Mm-hmm. The muscles are getting just more compact and everything's yeah. kind of getting pulled in a certain position. And that's when things like Pilates and mobility and um, yeah. especially like my, my back when I started, just the rotation through one side, especially with golf. So oh, I, yeah. I, yeah. I would have thought that, so I'm right-handed, I would swing right first. I would have mm-hmm. thought my good side would be this. So my back yeah. swing would be good on my rotation. But it's not. It's because, obviously, I'm using more of my left side when I'm going through. Mm-hmm. That's the tighter side. Yeah, that's um, the one that's working. Yeah, so when I go when I go right, I'm not as good. When I go left, I can go right round because obviously mm-hmm. I'm stretching the other side all the time. And um, so that was a big wake up call. I love my golf, like love mm-hmm. it. Um, so that's sort of Pilates. It was sort of the. I I'm a very goal driven person. I need to have a very specific goal and something that I want to work towards to actually get there. If I don't, I will not do it. I won't do anything. Like I'm I'm, I'm quite a lazy person. <laughs> like if I didn't have Lauren, I would be I'd be like a fat lard. I reckon just sat on the sofa <laughs> most of the time and eating wraps every single meal. Like. She's she's very motivated, very driven, and like she drags me out, like, oh, let's go for a run on Sunday, Saturday, and I'm sort of like, I get guilted into it because I'm like, I'm a PT, I shouldn't I shouldn't be thinking about this, and I go, no, okay, I'll I'll go for a run. Um, but obviously when the gyms get back open, I'll I'm definitely gonna I've got yeah, got goal in mm-hmm. mind, yeah, definitely keep up with this um, Pilates and stuff like that because, like I said. I want to get bigger, stronger, but I just don't want to feel like a, a robot when I'm walking. Yeah. Oh, God, this is it. I mean, I think the thing as well is when you work, like in a very, obviously you'll know this is not true, but if you kind of try and imagine it really, really super, super basic, as like as if we've got two levels, two layers of muscles in our body, we've got like our superficial layer of muscles, which are what we tend to look, think aesthetically about. So a good example of this is when people, work their core and they think about a six pack they want to look like they've got a good core or not even it's more innocent than that they think that's their core their ex abdominal muscles their ex abdominals is literally just in their head what a core muscle is so they'll do crunch after crunch after crunch um, and all exercises and all that is is flexion 
And all you're really going to gain from that is just forward flexion. You're just really strengthening yeah. your, your flexion in your spine. But are you really becoming stronger? Are you stabilizing your spine at all? Are you being, you know, for example, like I said, deadlifts rounding your spine out. If you think, well, actually, if you have really nice, strong um, spine stabilizers, you know, with our, with our deep transverse abdominal muscles um, and, our, and our, our, through our lumbar spine, um, too, especially, you're then held in a much better position, aren't you? You're much kind of, you can hold that straight back, the heavier weight. And I think this is where I kind of try and get people thinking away from so much of the superficial muscles, because that's where, for example, I run, I know that helps me. I weight train, and I know that helps me. And I certainly don't think that Pilates is the only thing I should do, but I know I'm better at running and I'm better at weight training because I train in Pilates so much. And that's what made me fall in love with it, is that um, it helps everything else. Everything else in my life is improved because I've gone into the really deep muscles and strengthened everything around my, so my joints are strong and my posture is good. And that just leads on to everything. Everything, you know, like you said, these guys that are really, really muscular, they've achieved their goal in the sense that they've gained the muscle mass they wanted to achieve. Um, and they might have been really even with it too. They might have been, um, you know, a lot of people, you, you see the guys that mainly work chest um, and, and don't work their back equally. So they kind of end up, end up a little bit like, you know, a little bit almost kyphotic in their, in their posture. And, yeah. um, but of course you, but if they've done it well, they might still have really good, muscle tone that look really decent but can they move can they actually if they had to run to their kid was running out in front of a car would they be able to sprint to their kid would they be able to if they had to suddenly move would everything just essentially snap <laughs> you know if they wanted to play football would they get injured the it's they would they have the similar sort of as you like lifestyle of an obese person Yes, they would. They would get out of breath quickly because in a matter yeah. of when they carry. I'm talking about the obviously the the really big bodybuilders here. The the steroids. Yeah, we're about the same time. Yeah. yeah, they're um, they're obviously so big and so heavy that they can't, <laughs> move, they can't move quick. The sort of no. I wouldn't say they struggle to get off a sofa because obviously they they are very strong, but there are certain things like getting into a something like a low car or something like that. That would be a very, a very oh, yeah. tough uh, thing for them. So like whenever you're working out, the people should always think like, they should always think, is this helping my life? And like, yeah. whenever you do stuff in the gym, it's hard because if we make it hard in the gym, it'll make it easy in life. Remember you're only doing, yeah. you're only doing three sessions a week. Probably. Well, that's the, I reckon that's the least you should do, really. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, if it's time restricted, you get on, like if you can only do two, you can only do two. It's not not a big deal. Yeah. We'll try and get three sessions in a week. Depending, it all depends on what exercise you want to do. And um, yeah, they. Um, it's got to count, doesn't it? Yeah, it's um, you've you've got to that three hours has got to make your. I, I don't know. I think it's hundred seventy three. Is it? 170 something hours in the week better 
like mm -hmm. just simple things like so one of my clients came to me and said they're really happy with themselves i'm like oh god this must be amazing results and then they go i she she got a bag she got a, a luggage got it here pushed it above the head like in a press position and put it up top and they were like and she had the strength to do it herself yeah they were like yeah and i was like that's yeah. that's why you strength train when you get older and when you're 70 80 and you're on your own you don't need to call your next door neighbor to go mm -hmm. can you just put this on my um like you can just go okay i'm strong enough here we go boom i know how to do it properly i've done it yourself that's that's independence and like like i said people when you're 25 30 you don't think about that but no you think yeah when you're 70 80 you're gonna go damn i wish i yeah. <laughs> after myself a little bit better yeah i've got and i think prime, i've got a prime example of my my family i had my my nan, she's mm -hmm. 85. She's done um, like aqua aerobics, um, all sorts, just kept moving. Yeah. Um, fit as a fiddle. Like you would not think she's 85 at all. You'd say like 60s. That's the goal, yeah. isn't it? That's the aim. You yeah, want to be like that. And she, she can do whatever she wants. And I know she'll walk anywhere. Like yeah. just little things like that. Some people at that age can't walk. And then on the other God, scale, some people half the age can't. Yeah, on the other scale, I had an auntie who did not do any sort of exercise, didn't look mm -hmm. after herself, and it was one little injury, and literally my my mom had to do everything for her. Yeah, like it was. It's like she couldn't go to the shop. She never had the confidence to go to the shop, and you do, that's no life, is it? This is what right. I say to people, you know, especially with hip mobility, well, not specifically mobility, but hip exercises. You know, the ones that hurt um, because you're really getting deep into those hip and um, stabilizing muscles. And you're, you're really kind of going, I'm saying to people, you know, yes, this is a horrible exercise to perform and it feels a little bit pointless. It's like, why would I put myself through this? But it's like, you, and I'm always joking, like, you'll thank me when you don't need a Zimmer frame when you're older, when you literally are just like, you know, you've, you've got, it, even when it is, like you said, long-term, a long-term benefit to this kind of exercise. You know, it's, um, it's, it's so important. So, so important. But, but, but for now, let's be honest, for now, um, I like to, to kind of advocate a, a plan or a, um, how you exercise is just to be like, I want to be fit for purpose. And that's what I, that's my goal. So I don't run to really, some of my sessions might be to improve my cardiovascular fitness, but mainly I run for my mental health. I just enjoy running. I wouldn't run if I didn't like it. Um, I would have found something else to do because that's not what life's about. But, you know, I, I weight train to get strong. I do weight train for aesthetic purposes, but I think it is massively important for your bone density and everything. I think actually... I'm 31 next week. I think I'm past my bone density age now. I think it's up to 30, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's all, <laughs> all, down, all downhill. If you stop now, it's all downhill. <laughs> again, people don't realise you start losing your, your bone density. You just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just let it go and that's it. It's all about maintaining from... Obviously, maintaining from yeah, maintain, <laughs> like your, your primary goal from 30 is to maintain what you've got. But obviously, yeah. people... That's if you're training, you will get stronger. 
that's as yeah. simple as it'll be. But um, yeah, you've just got to just keep keep doing it, keep lifting weights. I've got a couple of years yet. Um, yeah, you keep doing. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's been a bit longer for men, I think. Yeah, I don't think it's as I think it's about thirty-five to forty. Is it for men? I think it's not as bad because women's hormones properly affect it um, and I think that you've got I think you your danger your proper danger zone is what is it like 60 for women 65 for men I might be might be a little bit yeah. off with that that's when you are literally like dramatically reducing your everything everything yeah. you have your goal from that point onwards really is just maintaining what you've got definitely yeah, the I would always if someone talked to me about oh should I do Pilates, I would I would literally say, right, so I'd ask them what they did and they'd go, mm-hmm. oh, so we'll use you as an example. So you run, yeah, you weight train, you do Pilates. So yeah. you weight train to make running easier. Yeah. And then you do Pilates to make weight training easier. It's like Pilates is your absolute foundation. Yes. It's all them little tiny muscles in order to make those bigger muscles work at their full capabilities. Of course. I I always tell people it's like, it's no good just doing squat, 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 because that's going to cause an imbalance somewhere. And that's when your injuries are going to happen. So you've got to be perfect or as close to perfect as possible, right to left front to back and bottom to top as well. So from your hips into your core, that needs to be a strong system and it needs to work all work together at the same time. And we're in pairs, aren't we? Everything's in a pair. All your muscles are in a pair. And I think if your Pilates obviously does that work, you're gonna do everything like you're gonna feel so much better in the gym, you're gonna get stronger, you're gonna use all the bigger muscles and then obviously your running's just gonna be perfect but the people that's why i always say to people like movement is good but don't use running especially if you're a special obese person i wouldn't use running and as your first source of exercise like you've got to put some sort of foundation down because there's no point picking a an exercise like running when your movement's all wrong your your knees are caving in your your hips aren't strong enough you're not going to be able to do it for long enough to actually get the long-term benefits of it because you're just going to get injured. This is the thing, you know, you've got like, for example, just your glute muscles. So you've got three sets of muscles, just your basic glutes, you, you know, you, your maximus and, and medius mainly, well, you are mainly for power and your medius obviously for a bit of lateral movement through, through the hip or the leg. Um, but your minimus is mainly its only job is to stabilize the movement. If you don't work that muscle, you're not going to be able to work that muscle. So that will help, for example, a single leg deadlift or something like that, or standing on one leg to be able to hit the ball or, or boxing, being able to stabilize through your hip when you're boxing. Um, if people don't use those muscles, those little muscles, your bigger muscle groups are having to try and stabilize the joint as well. And that's not what their role is. And so something's going to fail somewhere. Something is not going to be working properly. And um, running hips and running um, massively, I always kind of say, we've, we've got to be working and strengthening these deep hip 
muscles. Things like as well, just, oh my God, back pain. Back pain is one of these things that people think they need to stretch their back if they have back pain. And that's like a standard, oh, I get messaged all the time. People saying, have you got any recommendations for exercises that we could do together that would help stretch my back? I get really bad lower back and I'm like, okay, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I sit all day, like in an office. And I'm like, right, okay, what sport do you do? I run. I'm like, okay, so let's just think about your hip flexors for a second. They're constantly in a contractive state, pretty much. So what does a hip flexor do? It shoves your hip back, essentially, doesn't it? Pops your hip back. To try and maintain equilibrium, your body will naturally try and bring your head and upper body upright. Whilst your hips are back, you've created more doses of the spine, which is basically, um, as you know, but for anyone listening, where you think about like a, a pregnant lady's back, how it would kind of go and pop out in the lower back. That's where all that weight will then dump down into the back. So really, to benefit with that back, stretching your back's not going to work there. Well, actually, what we want to be doing is stretching your front of your hip, making your hip stop pulling, you know, making your hip flexors kind of nice and long so that they're not constantly tight and pulling you out of position and strengthening your back. That will stop your back pain, not stretching your back. And this is why I love what I do. You know, um, people tend to find one issue and they, for example, their ankle or their calf, and they think that the issue is that. And actually it's usually a long way up the chain. It's usually a long way away from where they, where the result of the pain is, isn't it? It's usually a problem from the hip or something like that. Um, definitely. Yeah. It's, um, just give me an idea there for warm-ups at BA, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were struggling down and I was like, oh, I'm not insane. Um, yeah, you know, this is my job. I, like, I want to re-educate room That was the whole point of the last thing. We were saying before we started recording, weren't we, about how it's just completely lost, I think, its original focus and its original... Um, the, the whole point of Pilates was to use gravity and your body weight, your breath, these whole body movements to target specific muscle groups. You know, it's mainly like, you know, it's isometric movements, isn't it? it's eccentric contractions as well. Um, we're obviously working on flexibility as well, but, um, you know, I think one of the things that he says, and what I really like about this Joseph Pilates guy who developed it was, you know, a few well-designed movements properly performed. And this works in any field of exercise. You know, a few very well-designed movements properly performed in a balanced sequence um, are worth hours of doing poorly performed, um, you know, sloppy exercises. And I think that was like one of the reasons, you know, this, this is all just to try and improve the body, strengthen it. Um, strengthen, lengthen, balance, coordination, all this stuff, making us perform well. That's what. That's why I like this. Like to, to everybody can benefit from Pilates. I would say pretty much everyone. Whether you're a new mum, whether you're an Iron Man, whether you're you know a, a weightlifter, um, you know, flexible muscles are dangerous. You need strength as well. You can't just be flexible, otherwise you'd just be like. Flopping. <laughs> your dog turn now yeah. you know you'd be we'd be we'd be flopping around all over the place but we need to be strong and um yeah that's what i that's that's what i try and get into people's minds you know if what we're doing here is for 
sport performance, for body performance, you know, for your injury prevention and performance in, um, in whatever you want to be doing with your life. Even if that performance goal is just to not ache so much, you know, when you're doing your day-to-day life. You know, I have people that, that come back to me and say, oh my God, I don't need a standing desk anymore. Um, you know, I, I, um, I've really kind of got that when I can, I'll go on these big long bike rides now and my back doesn't hurt anymore or my hips don't hurt. Um, my husband always says that he wishes that I was doing this because obviously he, he played, he's played football for a long time. And he's like, oh my God, the injuries I've, I've sustained over the years. If I, if you'd have just been doing Pilates then, um, oh my God, I'd have had so few, like, in, ham, like footballers, God, what is it? It's always hamstrings, brines, isn't it? You know, they're like the main things that go. I was quite, I was quite lucky with injuries. I didn't have, um, like the only injury I had, I think was broken metatarsal where I was out for four weeks and that was it. But that's not okay. possible, but. I used to struggle, like that's what I wanted to talk about. So I've, I've struggled for years with my hip flexors. Like, mm. um, not really had any other problems, but like just getting down into, like out of a car, getting out, yeah. I had to do it really slowly. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, whenever I straighten my leg, like, I'd have to like spend a bit of time just to straighten it out get my thumb in it, loosen it up, and then I'll be fine. Um, well, I never did anything about it. But, like, so I did, so obviously you're in the, the academy now doing the thing. And I always knew, like, Pilates would be a very good um, sort of addition. It's just that someone say how to get it in. We haven't really got the way the gym is set out. We can't really get coaches in to do... Um, certain things because obviously we have slots every half an hour to do the workouts but obviously if we had a bigger place we could just have yeah. a, like a, a different room like they would have so so you run the beer fitness sessions and then you have replies and we'd even do stuff like spinning like yeah if hey one day you never know yeah yeah one day, yeah <laughs> so that's that's the that's what we want to do eventually but i would have i would have full control on what people did and when they could do it. So mm-hmm. I would tell people, right, you need to do two two strength sessions before you do anything else. So you do yeah. two sessions and then you can go, oh, fancy, uh, fancy a Pilates session, uh, fine, go and do it. If you want to do a, um, another strength session and Pilates, that's fine, whatever. And like they could come, so we actually cap people's sessions at four sessions a week, which I still think is a little bit too much for what we can do. Um, it's for injury prevention yeah it's yeah. we like people always as a, an owner they go oh he's just trying to get more people in um, or create more room but it's I can I can point everyone out who, who came four or five times a week continuously all of them have had niggly injuries for quite a while yeah. and they kept, yeah. on, they kept on coming as well so it's like it's overtraining yeah, there's a, there's a time when working out and stuff doesn't isn't healthy. Like you've no. got to, you've got to look after things. Like if your knees are hurting, then don't come and do loads of squats. Just come and do it. Like we do change sessions sometimes. You go right, well your knees are hurt. Just do an upper body session today. Yeah, that's fine. Um, 
But yeah, if we if we ever did that, I would just go. I would have full control of what people do. So right, you have to book in two sessions of BA before you can go and do a polite session or a um, thingy session. If you want to do two polite sessions, two strength sessions, that's fine. If you want to do, but you need to do two BA fitness sessions a week at least before you go off and yeah. do something else. Because people who do spinning all the time is them primary thing is it's stupid it's like you sat down all day again like what you were just talking about you sat down all day on an office in an office in front yeah. of the tv and then you go to the gym yeah sometimes you sat in front of a tv again and you sat down again and yes you're moving you've been burning a few calories but that's not going to help your body like you're going to yeah. like it might um increase the amount you uh, energy expend it might be good for fat loss it might keep you engaged but I said at some point it's going to catch up on you and you, you're going to feel mm. that back pain and things like that when you sat down and you can't. yeah I don't think you should ever do one form of exercise I can't think of one form of exercise that is if you just were literally sedentary your whole life that would work like you've got to mix it up you can't just do one thing it's not long term it's not going to work you know you, you're going to like I said get injuries find overtraining is something that is very is is hard to get people out of doing i find it myself i'm like i kind of like a key example of what happens when you overtrain because say for example if i'm teaching just i don't know three hours a day and i tend to do a lot of the classes uh, let's I've been doing a lot more of the classes since it's been online because I have to do it all rather than walk around and correct people and that kind of thing and um, so yeah that the but like I will teach Pilates sessions and I also teach other types of classes as well um to help uh, a gym and um, so I might train and then I like running so I'll run and I have my dogs to walk so I'll walk a couple of hours a day as well and I've got kids and I've got this and that to be doing and I'll go oh well I'll do this and I'll do this extra thing and then before you know it I've done far too much exercise for one week far too much because and then I'm not being able to take those rest days because I'm training every day yeah. either myself or for work and it gets you, it gets you. Either you pick up those colds or you end up just so fatigued. It is not a good idea. Yeah, I always look at it at another angle. So I never say overtraining. I mm -hmm. under, under recovery. So yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like you said, you, you're overtraining, but you're not giving yourself time to recover. Now, yeah, that's if, you, yeah. if, you, if you can, this is when Instagram and stuff like this is um, a weird thing because... When people are coming in with these bodies, you know, the Instagram bodies and stuff like that, that's their job. And now they live to train. They live to eat. Yeah. And they, yes. you, on the average person, if you're training five times a week, you've got a job, you've got um, certain other social events. You guarantee those Instagram models, they haven't got a very good social life. I, I doubt it. They won't be drinking. They won't be doing anything like that. So, they have all of their day to ensure that they can recover in between sessions. The yeah, standard person doesn't. Yeah. So you, yeah. you're not going to be able to, to eat the amount of food that you need to, the protein at certain times, the, um, the hydrotherapy, the, the massage, mm -hmm. the, everything to ensure that they can keep on training. Usually for the standard person, it's going to catch up on them pretty quick. 
So mm-hmm. you always have to think about your lifestyle and how much you can train and recover. And don't bother going past it. This is when people get over obsessed with like, mm-hmm. especially with fat loss, they get obsessed with workouts. It's like, yeah. you don't need to like, just like you feel crap. Don't do it. Lauren's, Lauren's bad for it all the time. She's like, Oh, I'm feeling really crappy today. I was like, all right, well don't go for a run tomorrow. I need to go for a run tomorrow. I was like, no, you don't. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> just that like said, just go for a walk. Like yeah. your movements and if you, if it's about um like burning calories and mental health and stuff like that, then surely a walk's gonna be the same. Go out. Just let those muscles, obviously, it's good to get those. Hey, a mile's a mile. Sorry, I'm, 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 like, I'm like, where are the dog treats? Where are the dog treats? Yeah, um, a mile is a mile. You know, if you walk it, if you run it, if you, God, if you backwards walk it, skip it, whatever, you've got out in the fresh air and covered a mile, you know. And, and um, I do think that we do get, and I, I fall for it as well. You know, I'll go, well, I said I was going to do this and I set myself this target this week of running this amount of whatever. And then you end up kind of like, oh, I'm not really feeling good or I'm feeling this bit niggly, this, you know, and then, hey-ho, you end up with a, yeah, you end up with a bit of a cold or something. Yeah, it's, um, people have got to be wary of that. And like, if you, it's going to catch up anyway, because you're going to go, oh, I can't train for two weeks now. And then that's, if you just did it for three times a week, you continue, be able to continue to do it instead of the four or five. Like you're doing the same amount of sessions over a certain time anyway, because you, t- you have to take two weeks off at some point because you have injured or ill. So And you, you're, you're going to sustain that level of it. You know, you can fit for someone like us when it's our job and it's our, a huge interest of ours. It's very easy for us to kind of just say, oh yeah, like it's part of my everyday life. Like, Exercise for me is a non-negotiable, regardless of any weight loss or anything like that, just for mental health or just because I enjoy it. I enjoy running. I enjoy all these kind of things. But actually, when people are doing it for a goal, like for weight loss or something like that, they need to be sustaining that amount. They need to be exercising and eating right. And if they are just going too hard, too fast, they're going to fall off the wagon, aren't they, at some point? So it's like you can sustain three workouts a week. Because, you know, at the end of the day, some people don't like, I mean, it's hard for us to kind of get our heads around it. But a lot of people just don't actually like going to the gym. Like they do it because they have to, because that's part of their goal. Um, it, personally, I think you should maybe find something that you do enjoy. But, um, but, you know, some people will put it, they have to go, to, they have to do this. This is part of their plan. And um, they need to, they, if they end up just doing, setting themselves, right, I have to go five times a week oh, they end up feeling ill, they end up exhausted, they manage it for, what, four weeks? It's the same as extreme calorie, you know, reducing, isn't it? You can't sustain it forever. Whereas if you just add it to your life, it's just part of your life three times a week. You can start it smaller as well. Like, I would say it's always better to start smaller. Just go, talk about small sustainable goals. Like, Mm. just getting into the habit of, getting into the car, going to the gym. You don't actually need to go into the gym. Just get in the car, go to the gym. And then eventually you'll just go, well, I'm here now, so I may as well I may as well go yeah. in. And then you do it and then you go, all right, I'll just do three exercises. Oh, I've done three exercises. And then eventually you go, oh, well, this is getting easy now. Maybe I'll do two more exercises. And then I'll add another one and I'll add another one. 
Like just spending that time instead of chucking yourself into the deep end. Just have yeah. a bit of a play around in the, the kids' pool. And then you can just build up those habits. Like if if it takes you a year to get to training three times a week, but you're gonna sustain it for the next forty years, then Exactly. That's what you want. Surely that's yeah, surely that's the, the thing that you need to sort of strive for. Um but yeah, it's um like I said, it's going to be a, a very interesting time when the 12th comes about. It's, mm. going to, it's going to be another January. It is. I think that it's, it's going to be um, a weird time for those of us like yourself that have gone online. Uh, I have no idea what's going to happen to my classes. So I have, obviously, I, and I absolutely love the opportunity of kind of trying to reach more people through your, through your online group, um, for your academy. Um, I have my own online thing going on and um, I've currently, so this month there's 81 in in my group this month that do the workouts with me. So they kind of uh, subscribe, sorry, to, to a month at a time. And and that's kind of been pretty steady away, those, those um, numbers. And I'm like, April, what is going to happen in April? Is everyone just going to go? Because obviously there's classes aren't a thing, but is it going to yeah. be gym like what's going to happen because gyms are going to be limited i guess to the amount of people that they can fit in them um are people just gonna i I have no idea what's going to happen i have no idea when life can be more sociable again is everyone just gonna drop off or is everyone gonna like you said is it gonna be like january again where everyone's like or is that now are people panicking now like oh my god i've not gotten to you know however they want to look for summer or whatever yeah, well, I, I started doing online workouts. Like, it's, it's fair enough with my clients because they've been coached to a certain yeah. degree. Yeah. And, um, but the, the newer clients, I found it really hard to set them an online plan that mm. they could do. And, and I was comfortable they were doing it properly. Like, yeah, when, there's, when there's dumbbells and you have to work hamstrings, really the only exercises you can do, um, you obviously you can do include exercises that help but primary like RDLs like mm-hmm. out of 100 people I reckon only 5 to 10% of people would do an RDL perfectly without me coaching yes without you stood there yeah without yeah I agree telling them. so when the gym's open I don't have to give them RDLs to do I can say mm-hmm. right you're going on the, the leg curl the hamstring curl you're going on the that machine you're going to do this and there's so many different options which are going to be yeah for beginners to actually get in there and do do the yeah, there is the, gyms, yeah. the strength stuff um so i sort of stopped doing that that's why i went straight into nutrition because i can every day i message them saying how's it been what's it doing and yeah i had a look at the my fitness power and they say oh yes you did well you can eat a bit more if you want don't feel pressured on having 1300 calories i've given you 1700 for a reason yeah um but if you're comfortable at 1300 you think it's sustainable that's fine keep going with it but just remember if you have 400 calories more you're still in a deficit you're fine mm-hmm. um, we we'll try and get that protein up whatever the, the feedback is i can do that every single day and the, the information that they give me um, like it's perfect because I never ever give people out plans. Yeah, I would never be like eat this, eat this, eat this, eat this. Because mm-hmm. first of all, I'm fussy, very very fussy with my food, so I would hate that, and I wouldn't. Um, 
I wouldn't sort of give people, oh, I'd hate it if someone said, oh, you've got to eat this, got to eat that, got to yeah. eat that. Um, people ask for it though, don't they? They ask for it. You know, I, I, this is the, I get asked quite a lot for like a plan. Um, and I'm like, that's not really what I'm into. I don't really want to give you like an eating plan because we're all different and we all lead different lives. And, and actually, I don't want to tell you exactly what to eat. <laughs> like, yeah, so what, what I, all, the only information I give people is uh, I ask them about how many meals they want. So yeah. two, three, four, whatever it is. Um, obviously, if they're building muscle, we, we sort of take it upon ourselves to give them the amount of um, protein and, and meal timings. But for fat loss, they get to choose. And then we, yeah. we just, so they say, I want to be a little bit quicker uh, in terms of fat loss. I want to be a bit uh, still on the mm. whatever it is. And then we decide the calories mm-hmm. on there. And then I'll just say, look, max 600 calories for your breakfast, max 500 calories for your lunch max 700 calories for your tea. This is this amount of protein there or thereabouts. And then it's up to them to fill the gaps. And then if you do that for two weeks, they'll realize and they'll go, oh, and that after the daily feedback, remember that's like 14 days of feedback that they've got. Mm-hmm. By two weeks, they've sort of gone, oh, I'm eating. And I'll even say, oh, you can have 500 calories worth of snacks here. Up to you. Yeah. Do you want to use them? You don't have to use yeah. them. It's there if you want it. If you want to have some chocolate, have some chocolate. If you want to have this, that, or whatever. So we give people option of obviously having it, but that's up to them if they do. Um, like I said, it's not it's not up to me to say you should eat this at uh, this type of food or um, at this time. It's just you've got to find your own way. I'll give you a very yeah. vague template, and then I'll just help you along the way. Any sort of questions that they ask, I'll go, Okay, well, this is a really good way of getting a bit of extra protein in. Let's try. Yeah. Having, uh, like, can you buy some protein bars? Because, like, you, you've got a big gap in between these meals. Maybe that's something that could just fill the gap. Um, yeah. Like, that is, that is all we do. It's just the daily feedback that gets people the results that they want. And when it's tracked and they, they see, oh, and they have a tracked, and I'm like, why haven't you tracked today? Like, is there a reason for it? And they go, if they say, oh, it's been a really crappy day at work, and I go, okay, that's fine. Like, yeah, draw a line under it. Yeah. That, that happens. Like, how mm-hmm. do you think your calories went? You just go, oh, well, I didn't eat much, to be fair. And you go, okay, well, that's fine then. Like, and then you just tell them, like, every day is going to be difficult. Like, you're going to have different barriers in the way to obviously get to where you want to do. Mm-hmm. But, it's the problem is when people have that one bad day and they just quit like that. And they, yeah, yeah. Like it's a long, long, long process. Like I said before, yeah. if, you, if you just learn the good habits over a year's yeah. time, you keep it going for 40 years, then it's worth it. But a year's a long time. Like this lockdown's been going on for a year. It feels like, <laughs> feels like 20 years. <laughs> yeah. I think this is, you know, this is the thing of where, what that, that will work. That kind of training is educational, isn't it? that's the kind of educational help. And that's kind of how I work on a smaller scale with people. Cause like I've said, you know, that's in, in general, that's, I, I, I like, I'm obsessed with muscles and how the body works in like a kind of, I, that's my kind of interest. And I think it's important to find your niche, isn't it? Find what you're really good at. And you've obviously found yours and your interest so much in nutrition and in your form of training. And you obviously, you've helped so many people. I think, you can achieve so much by being like that and by finding 
and, and by being so honest with people, I think that what's scary is when people do and what they ask for and people do it is a full on eating plan. Like this is what you're gonna have for breakfast. And some people want that because they want that quick fix. They don't wanna think about it, but that's not gonna educate them. They're gonna need to come back to an eating plan time after time after time because um, unless there's education along going alongside it, obviously, but when people wanna buy a 20 pound meal plan for you, for example, um, there's nothing wrong with that as such, but I think long-term, you've not learned to the emotional side of it. There's so much more. There's, it's 90% emotion, isn't it? The, the thing that gets me, like the thing I love about nutrition is, and, and exercise is the, like my thing that interests me the most is the psychology behind it. And why, yeah. like it drives me mad. Like why don't people um, exercise and why don't people like stick to plans and stuff like that that's the thing that rings in my head all the time and yeah um, like if i can sort of i know you're never gonna absolutely crack it where you can go say something to someone and they'll just go oh yeah well that's fine but it's close to like the best it can possibly be then obviously i can help more people and people who like really struggle with sort of food and diets i can be sort of like just say it in a way that they just go relax and they relax straight away and they go, Oh God, I thought I was yeah. on another. Oh my God. And that's so good. Yeah. You know, being able to do that to some, with someone is so good. Like this, you know, um, the psychology of it is probably, I am, per like I said, this is, this is where I think I'm quite, because I'm quite an emotional person myself. I'm very impatient and impulsive and, um, and I'm very excitable and, and, I've, and I'm very quite a highly strong person. Um, I'm very likely to be the emotional eating style of person, you know, because I'm kind of like very, just that's, I'm very emotional. Um, that's why I like to kind of remove too much emotion out of what I'm doing on a larger scale. I like the nitty gritty, body parts kind of side of what we do, which is so cool that there's so many sides to our industry. We're in the same industry. We're both personal trainers, except we, uh, I kind of, it's not that I avoid it. It's not that I avoid the nutrition. It's that, like you said, it's psychology, isn't it? And that's obviously, you're good at that and you like that. Um, I'm, for, for reasons that I've stated earlier, for reasons that I, I just am like, I really like avoiding that part of it. And all because because my clients aren't coming to me with weight loss. If a client comes to me and they need weight loss, then of course I need to help them with their nutrition. Um, if they're coming to me for a very specific goal sports-wise, then I need to help them with nutrition. Um, but when people are kind of doing it like, you know, for example, a football team, they're gonna get nutrition advice already. People that are coming to me for, for injury, rehabilitation or whatever, they're not trying to particularly lose weight. And I like kind of working with that performance side of things. Um, but that's, but yeah, you know, like I'm, I, yeah, it is a very um, mental, you're, you're dealing with people's emotions, aren't you? A lot. That's kind of what you're trying to motivate them and um, 
I think that's people forget that that's the number one thing. So a meal plan won't work long-term. One set amount of meals won't fix things because it's all in your head. Like you said, if you could just say one thing to someone and then they'd never, never eat, overeat again, or never, you know, you can't, it's always, there's something deeper going on, isn't there? With every diet plan, there's a reason behind the weight gain. And, you know, my husband has um, had cancer. He's been battling cancer for three years. He's, I guess he's still classed as a cancer patient. He's currently um, had a good diet. He's on a good diagnosis at the moment. He's quite clear from it, but we're aware that it could come back. And that's mentally a very, very challenging place to be for him. And he has 100% been that person. So for uh, 13 years or whatever of me knowing of me knowing him, he'd be like so um, sports driven, you know, footballer, um, you know, loves all kind of always in very, very physically very good shape. Um, but you know yourself, you know, you can't overindulge even on Christmas Day because you've got a Boxing Day match. You know, it's yeah. it's always like that, wasn't it? Um, and then for him to be mentally so destroyed by cancer never mind the physical element of it because physically you know that to recover from all your chemo and radiotherapy you need to be eating really well but he couldn't he couldn't eat well because mentally he wasn't he didn't care like mentally so he gained a lot of weight from inactivity but also just from eating really crap because and like he's probably going to listen to this and be like, oh, cheers, Justine, <laughs> for telling everyone. He's looking good at the moment because his head's in a better place, you know? But yeah. that's the thing. That's what it took, his head. His head needed to change. Um, he would drive to McDonald's at like 11 o'clock at night being like, you know, he doesn't need to be doing that. We've got plenty of food in the house. But he wants almost to just feed his worry and just you know that's been very interesting in a really cruel way a really cold way to say it but very interesting living with someone that's gone from being a proper athlete um in very very good physical shape to a very very ill person in very poor shape and very poor health and the mental effect is like a spiral like the he feels physically bad, so, so physically affects his men, it affects his mental health, then his mental health stops him from physically recovering and physically eating right. That makes him feel worse. From us both living together for so long and being in that kind of, we, like you said, we don't really understand how people, why they wouldn't want to do it, how they get into that. It's been quite interesting to see how that happens, actually. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's so many. That's when the the daily support is really you're not. It takes me like to do the the vague plan. It takes me ten minutes to mm -hmm. write someone's vague plan up. But then you're paying your your money for the day to day interaction. Accountability and support. Yeah, and it's bad. Really, like you shouldn't really call it a plan. Like I always said, it's more like a, it's just an education. Like you've got, a, you've got six weeks of nutrition coaching. And then, so I finished with my first two clients cause I've only been doing it for I think it's six. Yeah. Proper nutrition coaching, six weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, I finished with my first two, one lost, um, 
nine pound, one lost 11 pound. So six weeks, great, great work, fantastic. We gave them the calorie deficit targets in order to lose, I think it was 10 pound and nine pound. So Mm -hmm. absolutely bang on what we said. And obviously they've gone and followed it to the exact, some days they've had bad days, but they've, they've managed to sort of shift the calories about in order to do it. And now they've got that plan. They know exactly what they should be doing. Yeah, because so, you've helped them when they felt crap as well. And yeah. I think that's the thing, that's the difference, isn't it, between being like a coach and, and caring about them or just them saying, can I buy a plan off you? And then they just go on the way and then they just loosely follow it and you're not there to help them. There's a big difference, isn't there? Yeah, so obviously after the six weeks, I didn't want it just to be... Um, this is where it's such good value for money. So the, the plan is 120 pounds. And some people go, oh, God, that's crazy. But that's six weeks. And that six weeks could literally, every anytime you wanted to lose a lose weight, because everyone knows you, you fluctuate and stuff like that. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's something like 80% of people fluctuate back up. But that's natural. And obviously, it's just making sure you don't go back to where like, unhealthier that's when it becomes a problem if you're yo-yoing from one extreme to another uh, but you're always going to go down you're always going to come up a bit and then obviously it's up to you to go at a certain point go all right well maybe i need to get on it again and then mm-hmm. get back into another and eventually those gaps between yo-yoing become smaller and obviously then it's, yeah. so it's like i've lost a stone i've bounced back six pound and then you lose a stone i've bounced back three pound and then it eventually yeah. you're, you're in a sort of a six pound uh, yo-yo space where you're healthy you're fine like you, you've got your bad, exactly. your bad shape unless, yeah. yeah exactly unless you want to be like a body um you know you want to be at the body expo or something or you want to be doing like a um you know be a bikini model or something you don't need to be in a constant like performance physique do you, you don't need to be like you know, a, a certain body fat percentage, unless you're competitive, unless you're competing, sorry. Like we don't need to all look, and even them, they don't look like that all the time, do they? They, they train um, for an event, for a competition. Um, we naturally fluctuate. And I think it's learning to be okay with that. Like naturally, like we're designed to, we're designed to like crave those kind of foods that will make us put on a bit of body fat when it gets a bit colder because fat's an insulator. Yeah, so that one, that 120 pound will get you your six-week program where you'll learn everything, but then we give you lifetime access to the, the BA Fitness Academy. Yeah. Right? You get all the ebooks, you get all the up-to-date science, you get all the up-to-date um, posts, you get Q&A lives. If you want to ask questions, you can. So it is that you're not getting the daily feedback, but we do two checkups a week on the page we do live q and yeah, we can ask questions so they don't need to they're not on their own like, no you shouldn't feel on your own after that should you you shouldn't oh you shouldn't need by the end of six weeks you shouldn't need it really you should have learned enough yeah. by that end of that six weeks for you to feel confident in but like you said once you're in there you're always accessible i know if i messaged you you would reply at some point and help me out you know like i think that's if, if you're in that group then you're always going to have that support aren't you you're not going to be completely alone but but in theory you should have learned or gained or even just like learn about yourself i think it's like learning like what your triggers are for uh, what things you can do instead 
you know, I one of my plans that I did with people um, a few months ago, a couple of months ago, we were like, the, uh, people talk about treats at the end of the week, and that's fine. But if you're in a calorie deficit, that you're wanting to lose weight, treating yourself on a Friday night with a takeaway is probably, it's okay. Like, I don't care. Like, well, I, um, within reason, obviously I do care. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't mind if you really want to take takeaway, that's absolutely fine. But if you're if you're going to absolutely undo all your hard work from the week, then you're not you, you're not going to achieve what you wanted to achieve. It's like, what could other treats be? You don't have to fuel uh, fuel that kind of relationship with food the same. You know, we can like I've, some people in my group like, oh my god, I literally have always thought, oh, you've done really well with your diet this week. I'm going to go and buy myself a big tub of ice cream to reward myself. And and then they were like, and then you were just like, all you said was you don't need to have it as like an edible treat. It could be like a new pair of workout leggings or like, like, and, they were, and she was like, this girl messaged me and was like, yeah, I bought myself a new workout outfit. And I realized like, that was actually a really good treat with that money. Like, I'm really glad that I did that. And then it's like learning that you don't need to reward yourself or commiserate yourself with food all the time. I think yeah. learning, that's a huge part of a plan, isn't it? A learning yourself and what your triggers are and what's gonna your time of the day oh my god I am like four o'clock I could eat the world and um that's that tends to be because I've been too busy during the day and I'm not eating particularly well during the rest of the day so four o'clock I'm like hungry want my tea um and I know that's my point like if I just let myself I would probably just work clockwise around my kitchen and just like empty my cupboards <laughs> so yeah. it's like kind of learning we talked, about, we talked about it yesterday with someone and they were talking about uh, sugar cravings. And I, was, mm. I just said to him, look, sugar's not addictive. So if it's not a sugar craving, it's a food craving. Like, you think how okay. many times, so you're four o'clock, how many mm. times have you felt like that and then acted upon that feeling every time? Yeah, all the time, isn't it? So, so you've got to try and catch it out first. Yeah, so it's the, it's not, it's your body just being used to something and that's all it is. So you need to yeah, break the cycle. Like, it's not a, like, a sugar thing. It's a food thing. So, like, give your body some food. That's fine. Just know what's in it. Know how many calories are in it. Is it ruining your calorie deficit? Is it, is it 500 calories? Could you have a, a little treat for 200 calories? It's just mm -hmm. all that. But at least you're satisfying your body's urge to eat. But yeah. people say, oh, I've got sugar craving. You could eat anything. You could have some bread. You could have a cup of tea, some water. Like that would that would do the exact same thing. But because yeah. you sort of got in that, um, the habit of eating yeah. when your body goes, oh, I fancy some food. And it does it at the exact same time all the time. That's, time. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's all it is. But it's just yeah. being conscious of the calories that you're having. Just don't... Mm -hmm don't rip the cupboards apart and take everything out and eat it all. Just have 300, 400 calories of whatever you want. Like, it doesn't matter. As long as you sort of, you're not doing it every, if you, like, if you want 400 uh, calories worth of chocolate, that's fine. That's fine. So obviously, it's not great to do it every day, but it's just having that uh, unconditional permission to eat. That's the... Um, yeah, just don't be so, don't feel so guilty. I think there's so much yeah. guilt, isn't there, with food? Like, 
um, that was one of the biggest things for me, I think, recovering from a, an eating disorder, but whilst kind of at the same time still wanting to not gain a load of weight because I still wanted to be able to be athletic. And um, it's kind of like accepting, and it's a very hard thing to get out of, is just that associate, those negative associations with certain foods or with certain um like a takeaway trying to kind of learn that you can just fit it in it doesn't doesn't mean you've had it's quite a doggy episode this isn't it of your podcast it's quite it's quite the bottom of the garden just barking at something i don't know what it is man was barking at the birds yeah that's yeah that's what man was barking at um, um yeah you know like trying to kind of you don't have to just go off the rails because had one bit of chocolate like you know it's just learning learning yourself and learning not learning to be kind to yourself yeah it's um but like what you said with takeaways it's um it's just portion sizes like yeah whenever you go to takeaway you're soup everyone's super greedy they go chinese they're having prawn toast they're having uh, spring rolls are having the massive meal with something else and they're having a bit of dessert and some chocolate after yeah. I just have one meal just have, you don't need to buy and you'll save yourself money one plate. yeah yeah just just look at how much you're going to pack onto your plate this is it I'm, I'm putting it on I'm going to enjoy it you don't even have to track it like if, you, if you're not having tea like you can just say oh it's my tea like most of the time, people forget that when they have takeaway, they go, oh, it was um, 2,000 calories, but you were going to have 700 calories anyway, so it's only plus 1,300. Exactly. Uh, and like you said, it's, the fact, it's like eating the whole takeaway. Like, what we, what we try and do um, is, unless we are just like, you know what, I just want, like, sometimes we do, like, want just a bit of grace like who can say they don't sometimes you just want to go and get chip chop chips with gravy and that's actually just what you want to eat and who cares like long term it's fine like but but sometimes like if you're trying to have it like you said like a meal and you're trying to just stay within a deficit of some sort or or within reason i'll always i'll make like a load of veg as well which like say for example it was like just, just so it's on the table. So if you're feeling a bit greedy, like you just want to keep eating, you've got all that kind of stuff to, you know, you can just fill your plate up and just bulk yourself up a little bit. But, you know, um, we we try and keep it now that, and it, what it should be really is like, no food should really be off limits at all. And, and I've had, um, I think in a sinister way, what's really helped me personally kind of take a shift from because obviously, as I when I started out as a PT, I I'm trained to do like box fit, spin, like interval training, all that kind of stuff. I used to do all those kind of classes, and it was all like calorie burn and hammer people as much as possible. And if they're absolutely hammered and they can hardly walk when they leave the class, that's you've done a really good job. And that's the kind of like, and still there's loads of trainers like that. I think that's fair enough, but um that was one of the things that helped me get out of that um, as well as just properly learning the Pilates method as such and just like now I'm doing a sports massage course because I'm just obsessed with muscles <laughs> I'm just obsessed with anatomy um, 
and uh and and so that's um that one of the things that really helped me kind of just be a bit kinder to myself and to just how I deal with clients a little bit is like my my life had kind of so I've got PCOS so I have uh, and I had I've had a few health issues myself I've had breast tumors my first one was when I was 17 and my next one was when I was 21 obviously my husband's had cancer it's come back three times well been three times three diagnoses um, my dad died of cancer three years ago, coming up next week. And I've had a few, like my, both my kids were premature. Yeah, and that's just my, like my immediate family. Um, I've had to have a couple of operations for different things. You kind of go, you know what? I've got a body and it fucking works and it's alive and it's strong and who cares what it looks like? And who cares, like, you know, and you kind of go, oh my God, I am so lucky to be able to walk and run with my legs. Like I'm, I've got legs and they work and my lungs can expand and, and, and how many things go wrong with this body. It's incredible how it all works in harmony. And it's an amazing thing that we should completely nourish and cherish and want, and it's our only home that we have, you know, we have this body and as I don't want to get too wishy-washy about it, but you know, like this is our, uh, that is, is such a, I mean, I'm not religious, but it's, it's a gift. Like to be able, you know, you could walk down when I, when you spend time on a cancer unit, I think that does give you a lot of appreciation for like, it does not matter. At the end of the day, it does not matter if you ate that takeaway, like, and you put on a little bit of body weight, that body fat, sorry, the body fat's a bit of salt. It's, you know your body is an incredible machine and um what we are capable of doing in our industry is like properly fueling us getting us like into a condition where we can just do what we want to do and and that's just like that's how i yeah i think that's just helped so much with things like food guilt and stuff obviously it's not the greatest thing like it helps me but I wouldn't really advocate it as like a method of dealing with your own food issues. Like go through a load of horrendous life events and it will sort you right out. But um, yeah, personally, I think it gave me a lot of perspective and I think perspective is a huge thing when you are a type of person that catastrophizes over yeah. food. And it, that's what tends to happen, doesn't it? Like catastrophizing, oh my God, I ate this. I'm now going to put on weight. No, it's okay. Right. It also comes from experience as well, because that's mm. that's why you should never quit. Because eventually mm. it'll just it'll just come right. You just keep hammering away yeah. and you keep hammering away at your diet, keep hammering away at like sort of the exercise you do. And eventually you'll go, Okay, this works for me and it, it's working, I'm losing body fat, I feel better yeah. or whatever your goals are. Um yeah. you you'll just find a way and you you'll just it'll just click and you'll go, Oh, right this this works for me this is good and then even though it works for you doesn't mean you're not gonna like drop off uh, like on a two-week period and not do anything like yeah yeah and just oh all right well i've done that it's just never ever feel guilty like just save your so your mental health by not Mm. worrying about stuff like that it's just Keep it simple. Remember that things get in the way. Don't, definitely don't put too much pressure on your food because it doesn't matter what food you eat. Um, It's all about sort of portion sizes, how much you move. Just take it to its absolute basics. And I guarantee most people, 
Yeah. They'll just go, yeah. oh, this is quite simple. Let's follow this and I'll, I'll see, see what happens. I'll, I'll start moving a little bit more. And then you go, okay, right, you moved a little bit more. Now let's, uh, let's focus on your evenings. Like what are you doing in the evenings? Oh, well, every now and again, I come out and absolutely destroy the, the covers. And you go, okay, well, how about you next time you get that urge, just half the amount of food that you eat. Like, don't worry about what it is. Just take half the amount of biscuits that you'd have and then have a cup of tea with it. Like, that's what, yeah. I, that's what I do. Like, whenever I feel hungry at night, I have a cup of tea. It's like, I don't know how many calories it is. I should track it, really. Um, I think it's about 20 calories, something like that. But Yeah, oh, God, I have oat milk. And I, the oat milk I get is, like, the Oatly Barista version. Like, it is, like, so creamy. I cannot even, I do not even want to know what is in that coffee. Because it is, like, I have, like, decaf coffee. And then it, it's so creamy and it's delicious, but I have a lot a day. I have full caffeinated in the, in, during the day. And then in an evening, like you said, when you're feeling a bit snacky, it's like, oh, well, I have like a nice, like a coffee. And oh my God, that is probably very calorific. But hey, it's my, it's my, I enjoy it. it makes me feel nice. It's not going to need The best, the best thing, like as a PT and someone who focuses on exercise and nutrition, um and the people who've lost a lot of weight and they sort of just so they've lost the weight they've got to where they want to be and then they just like they don't they don't even think look like they're thinking about it anymore they're just they just they're just living life and they're maintaining yeah. weight that's that's where you want to get to like you don't want to be and they, I'd like the people who've lost weight they always come oh i've had, oh, I had this yesterday and i go oh, oh like you have a little bit of a joke oh you know, things and then you go oh well uh, move on to the next day and eventually it's like it ends up being like to maintain the weight they have six good days one bad day and you go yeah. alright you're happy and they go yeah I could, I could do this forever and you go okay then great like, yeah. then like if you say they have a holiday in eight weeks time they know what to do is they want to get in a bit of better shape for the bikini board whatever but it's just all finding out what you can maintain mm-hmm. and then don't um uh, what you're willing to give up, what you want to, what you, well, what you have to give up to get to where you want to be. That's where you sort of have to toss a coin and say, like, do I want to do that? Do I want this body to give up that social night? And you go, most people, I, ho- I would hope, would say no. Like, I would, I would always tell people, go out, go and do what you want to do, rather than your body, because. Like people always talk about, oh, I'm unhappy. Um, thinking, I can guarantee that if you're unhappy, you you lose a bit of weight. You're not going to be happier at a certain weight. You're going to be healthier. You're going to be able to do stuff that makes you happier, maybe, and make things are going to be a little bit easier for you, which might make you um, obviously enjoy things a little bit more. But it's not going to make you happy looking a certain way. No, I don't. No. Think it, I don't think it ever, ever does. So no, I can from experience of that one. You know, I, I, um, I went like I said before. Um, I was nine percent body fat. Like, um, ill. Right. Like we're talking, like for a woman, that is. Yeah. So nine. Uh, for anyone who wouldn't know, women are. I've got. I think it's like what a say say a six pack would be eighteen something like that percent would it. Yeah. And yeah, that's for, a male, yeah. like that. for a for a male, nine percent would be 
um, sort of six-pack level, but we don't have boobs, hips, um, exactly, yeah. everything that goes with a woman. So obviously that's where your extra fat comes from. Um, um, it's, not that you're, you need, it's not that you you're fatter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A woman, I think, is in general, um, like a healthy body fat percentage for a woman is about 25%. It's like the lowest end of really what... Because essentially, um, for health reasons, a woman that has abs, like a full-on six-pack shredded woman, is too low body fat, essentially, um, if they, for example, want to get pregnant and that kind of thing. That's that's a very tar and everything the same, but very, very... Um, very basic thing but but really a woman should have more body fat for hormone production obviously fat's really important for hormone production and i was um excuse me for swearing so much but i was fucked at nine percent that uh, my body was not okay at that um at that level and um and yeah that um that i was not happy at all I was really unhappy I felt terrible and the goal was just to get lighter and lighter and lighter and um yeah turns out it just made me more and more and more unhappy because you cannot go to anything sociable you cannot do anything because you're terrified of losing that control and that's what you know that's what stemmed from is is control you know it's it's a control thing it's a lot of time with eating and um, yes, you certainly are not happier yeah. than you are. I'm guessing at nine percent body fat, you wouldn't have had much control of your body after one drink either. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not good now to be honest. Right. Um, no, oh my days! But everything, I remember thinking, like feeling like my muscles were really like um, they felt like they were going to just fray. I don't know how to describe it. Everything just felt very, very badly put together very weak i i was not performing i was literally the opposite of the person that i am now i would say um and i literally don't care that i'm a couple stone heavier because i can you know i've I've had children i've you know i can do what i need to do and i'm happy yeah going for like having so think in your body is going to be the result of happiness is like um, thinking money is going to be the source of your happiness and then not doing mm. anything with it in order to mm. make your life better or more enjoyable. It's not. It's like there's a certain level where you go, okay, I've got enough money now to do what I want to do to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and then it's same with body fat. I'm at a good level now where I'm healthy. Um, I can do what I want to do um, and feel comfortable, feel happy, obviously um, enough and um confident that's that's probably the best word um to use and then go out and enjoy your night so you don't want to be so if you're a bigger person you feel self-conscious going out uh socializing you feel self-conscious you're not going to enjoy your night so losing a bit of weight might obviously help you feel more confident enjoy your things and things like that that's that's where you should look at uh that's the only way you should look at uh fat loss really and just just yeah, just feeling a little bit better, but never look at it as like I'm going to be happy at this weight because it'll yeah, it's not necessarily going to make you happier. No, and I think that what would make you happier would just be being able to run after your kids or play football with your kids, or yeah. you know, some women need to lose a certain amount of body fat to be able to get pregnant, or you know, like or or help. Or, you know, that's maybe their only way of getting um 
uh, fertility help or uh, the operation that they need. You know, that we're talking about when people are a lot bigger. But I think when you get into people, that are, for example, uh, I don't want to talk about weight numbers because we're all different as well. But, you know, like um, if you're talking about the difference between half a stone or a stone, like that is not going to make the difference with your happiness. Um, it's, yeah, life is very short. Um, that, that, that's, my, that's what I've learned. As, and that's what we should have all learned from this last year as well. And I hope that people take from the pandemic as well. The, oh my God, this can all change so quickly. Like before you know it, we're like, what? what the hell happened like we've all ended up like stuck in our homes and i'm really lucky i have a lovely house i've got my dogs in a nice area but you know um i could have very easily been in a very different um you know i could have maybe been stuck in a small apartment maybe um and not being able to get out into even a garden or outside no social i could have lived on my own so i wasn't interacting with anybody like yeah. life would it's been rotten for a lot of people really really rotten and it's been tough and actually being out that is what life is isn't it being able to just um see people and be with people and yeah like it wasn't about how thin you were was it it wasn't you know it wasn't about how skinny you could get because who cares no one can as long as if you can't go out what's the point no one can see you anyway exactly. <laughs> obviously right. the limit, we're not talking extremes of that yeah so we'll finish on that note because i think this could go on for about three or four hours so <laughs> oh, uh, but it's been fantastic uh, talking to you i'll be um i'll be doing your next polite session in the uh probably today i think lauren's gonna what have you, what have you got to do the hips today so the hips that's the class um, uh -huh. so this is where like this obviously with my now i've got I'm thinking about my golf and my mobility and my spine yeah. and stuff like that, rotation. My hips have obviously been a bad spot for me over the years. So um, that's something that I could, I definitely need to focus on. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I'm looking forward to doing that. And then I'm back on Friday, hopefully. The right group. A double workout, yeah. Yes. Okay. So thank you very much. That was a, a really good chat, but some good. Yeah, um, thank you for having me good uh yeah topics some things that people will uh definitely um listen to and take on board um and yeah it was just a really good honest chat and that's what this podcast is all about that's all i ever wanted yeah. from it. i don't even care if anyone listens to it to really. <laughs> we've had a good time we've had a good time yeah right so <laughs> perfect thank you very much thank you